Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Pitsky with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Today, we're excited to chat with Dr. Tyler Arvig a clinical psychologist and associate medical director for R3 Continuum. Tyler has over 14 years of domestic and international experience in behavioral health and workplace absence, including disability and workers' compensation assessment. He has clinical oversight of R3 Continuum's behavioral health specialists in the Clinical Consult Center. Dr. Arvig has authored several peer-reviewed journal articles and has been interviewed as a subject matter expert in several publications and has conducted radio interviews related to workplace behavioral health issues. Let's get started with our conversation with Dr. Tyler Arvig. Welcome, Tyler Arvig. We're uh, excited to get going on the questions and uh, have our conversation uh, as a follow-up to our webinar that we had uh, last summer. Tyler, to start out with, can you tell us a bit about R3 Continuum and how they help companies and their employees? Sure. And thanks, Tom and Jen, for inviting me to be part of this. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to connect with you guys and share some of this information. So yeah, R3 kind of simply is a company who supports organizations at every level when it comes to behavioral health at work. From threat of violence consultations, fitness for duty evaluations, management consultation, disruptive event or crisis response work, we also do some trainings and, and a lot more than that, too. But really, we operate on the premise that a healthy workplace is a productive workplace and a supported employee is focused on getting the job done for you every day. So we aim to use our expertise to help people to be healthier and to be successful at work every day. That is so interesting. I have a thousand questions about everything you just said, but I'll stick to... Knock them out. Go for it. <laughs> So we were thinking about this last year in the webinar that you did for us. It was July 30th already. I can't even believe it. And we've come such a long way through the pandemic and other events, obviously. Can you talk about some of the main concerns that employees are now having with behavioral health currently? Yeah, man. Last summer seems like about nine years ago. I mean, it wasn't even a year ago, but that seems, seems a very long time. Um, yeah. Because it's all, everything that's happened, like you mentioned, we're seeing some different things. First is is a positive thing, which is people are starting to feel more hopeful as as things open back up and some things start to normalize, and that's great to see. I think mm-hmm. you know a year ago we were all in this mindset of you know is this ever going to be over? When's it going to be right. over? We're starting to see that, and I think that's that's been a real lift for people. With that said, we're still seeing. People have some concerns, understandably, levels of depression, anxiety, and stress that have set in for folks over the past year mm-hmm. or worsened for folks that maybe had a history of those things. Those things are still lingering because, again, even as things, you know, even as our society opens back up, it, those things don't magically go away. And so a lot of those things have become entrenched in the past year. And so they're still there. There's still stuff we right. have to deal with. You know, the family stress, you know, the, the kids in school that are struggling and trying to balance work and being an educator and some of those kind of things. Even though things are opening back up next year, we think things are going to start to normalize that way. 
there's a lot we have to undo from the past year. You know, the, everyone feels a bit behind and they're struggling a bit. So that's, that's always going to be a factor as well. And then, you know, things seem more normal and they are, but for a lot of us, they don't feel normal yet. Like I'm, I'm here in the office today in my office, which is a normal thing for me. I've worked out of the office for years and years and years, but it doesn't feel the same as it did last time I was here. So right. as things are improving, we need to realize that some things are still going to feel different than they did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so as, as uh, companies are getting back to the office, you know, in my mind, it might, it might be perhaps a mistake for, for leaders to think, oh, everyone's back now, everything, everyone's good, everyone's able to go out to dinner and see families, see the grandparents, and getting back to that normal. But I also have a sense that, like you said, the things aren't normal. Do you, do you see any themes that perhaps is, is causing some behavioral health concerns? And, and maybe it is childcare, uh, but other other top of mind things that you're noticing with employees in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the family stuff and the childcare stuff. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a more of a logistics thing, but it really does impact people's health and their sense of well being. You know, for a lot of folks. You know, maybe they developed a substance use condition over the past year, you know, as they're more isolated. Yeah. One way to cope with some of those negative feelings for some people is to is to drink or use other substances. And, you know, with with the healthcare system being a little bit closed down or a little bit less accessible, you know, people reaching out and getting that help when they needed it, they, they might not have done that. And so... I mean, some of those kind of things that just, you know, have either had an onset over the past year or have maybe worsened as people have, have shifted their focus away from their own health and more towards getting through the day, which we all did, right? It's like, all right, I just got to get through the day. I can't worry about if I feel good or if I'm happy. But, you know, the more we ignore those things, the bigger the problem can become. So I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of folks right now. I find that really interesting. What what I thought of a lot watching everything and, and talking with people in my life is just the sense of trauma, mm-hmm. not big T trauma, physical, right. you know, psychological trauma, right? And and how how people are, like you said, just trying to get through the day. They're just trying to survive. They're just hanging on that. And it's just been a it's just been a big thing to talk about and and recognize and in our personal lives and i think as a society we have this just grit and bear it just get through it as an adult you should you know that should word right <laughs> mm-hmm. and w- what do you say to that and and that word trauma i think can be a little triggering for people but i i feel like everything we just went through from the social unrest to the pandemic was significant trauma in all of our lives. I think you're right, Jen. You know, we think of trauma as being PTSD and we think of trauma as what we see on the news at 10 o'clock or in TV shows. And certainly that is. But we're all experiencing some level of, like you said, you know, lowercase t, trauma Mm -hmm. on a lesser scale. Doesn't mean we all have PTSD, but this past year, a year and a half, really, has been a struggle. And people needing to, like you mentioned, we have this kind of, I'm just going to push through. Mm-hmm. And 
if I'm honest, you know, there's a there's a functional element to that. There are times when we all have to do that, and it's exactly what we should do, right? If I'm a police officer or a firefighter responding to a difficult situation, I can't think about all the other stuff that might go into it. I need to think about how do I get this person out? How do I minimize this threat, whatever it happens to be? So there's an element of, I just got to get through this that's functional and that's healthy. But Mm -hmm. what's happened for a lot of folks is that has become the norm, you know, and it's, it's all that. And we never go back and think about how am I dealing with this or Mm -hmm. what am I going to do with this piece of it? And when we do that on a longer term basis, that's when some of those things can really turn into larger difficulties or problems for us. So uh, me as an employee, then if I'm dealing with all of this trauma, the lowercase t trauma, that just everything, and I might be dealing with kids who are struggling and spouses who are struggling and parents who are gravely ill, whatever my situation is, how would you suggest me as an employee reach out to a manager to talk about that, whether it's those issues or I don't want to say just, but simply returning to the office. And if I have anxiety about that, yeah. how do I approach my manager if I'm just really anxious to do that and quite frankly, scared to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, good question. I, I First of all, I think some of that anxiousness about going back to the office and in the context of everything else you just mentioned is normal. Yeah. Everyone is feeling it, even, even your manager. Right, even the person right. that you're looking to, to for guidance on it, they're feeling the same stuff because this is not a us and them, right? It's not right. like management had a whole different life experience than the rest of us did. We all went through it. We're all dealing with family stuff. We're all dealing with stressors. We're all dealing with fears. So when it comes to anxiety about maybe going back into the office, a couple things, and this isn't rocket science, but it, it, there are things that are just I, people find helpful. The first is to be honest about the fact that you might be feeling that anxiety and start having those conversations with your manager, or if you're not comfortable with your manager, with HR, as soon as you can. Um, waiting till the night before you're supposed to go back in the office probably isn't the best idea. You know, don't don't push it all to the end. Start having those conversations. When it's when it's like, hey, I'm going to be going back, and I have some anxiety about it. Also, be specific. You know what? What are you anxious about? For some folks, it's going to be physical risk issues. You know, exposure to virus or whatever it happens to be. For others, it's going to be anxiousness about leaving your kids at home. So, be specific about what you're anxious about. And if possible, if you have ideas on solutions, you know, you know. Bring those to the table. You know, when you're talking to your manager, hey, I'm really a little bit anxious about this. But if you have ideas on ways that they might help you to deal with that anxiety, maybe tweaks in your hours or in your what your workstation looks like or whatever it is, bring those to the table. If you're not comfortable talking to your manager about some of these kind of things, some managers are more receptive and easier to talk to than others are. But feel free to pull in HR or another neutral party. And then lastly, just kind of realize, like I mentioned earlier, that anxiety is normal. Everyone's going to feel it to some extent. Chances are, and this is the case with most anxiety-type situations, once you get in there and do it, 
it's going to be less distressful than you think it's going to be. So the, mm-hmm. the big thing about anxiety is we build it up in our head before we walk into a situation we think is going to be anxiety provoking. Nine times out of 10, when we actually get in that situation, we realize, hey, this isn't as bad as I thought. So just the act of do that prep work, but then feel free to just get in there and do it. Push your comfort level a little bit just to walk in that door. And once you do that, you might find that some of your fears are unfounded or not as as deep or as significant as you thought they were. Excellent. Thank you. I wrote all of those down. (laughs) Yeah, that's really, really good uh, insight and feedback, Tyler, on that. And to touch on the the management manager side mm-hmm. of that equation too, you know, my myself as as vice president, and I help manage a fourteen person company. Our number one concern is the, the safety and well being of our employees, and we focused a lot on that. Concurrently, me personally, I I also found myself not being as healthy as I normally am from a mental perspective. So my, for me, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like this is somewhat new for me to have, you know, such a, such a, I guess, a retread from a mental health standpoint. Yeah. And leaders are always thought of, you know, be strong, you know, don't show emotion, uh, you know, head up, lead the team. You can't, you can't be vulnerable and you can't, you know, just the idea of leaders have men, having mental health issues or questions I think that perhaps that's something that that not a lot of people perhaps think about that that leaders are you know like you said just as susceptible as the employees are you know that being said what what advice do you give to leaders and managers who are doing their best to take care of their employees but at the same time they're they're also having personal issues that that are causing some mental health concerns yeah as as you were asking the question Tom I was thinking about here in Minnesota, maybe not quite a year ago, there was a shooting in a small town in a clinic here. And mm-hmm. I remember the the police chief went on camera and was, was addressing the media and he started cheering up. Mm-hmm. And I had someone say to me, you know, gosh, that's really unprofessional. You know, why would, I mean, you think that they'd be able to hold it together for that. And, and to some extent, yeah, you would expect that. But to, the other piece of it is, that was his community. Those were his people. So, you know, yes, he had a leadership role in, in that press conference, but he was also affected by it. And, and it showed. And actually, you know, not that it was done purposefully, but it really lent credibility to some of what he said. So I, hmm. just, I, I was just thinking about it, that as you were asking yeah. the question. Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, leaders are so busy, like you mentioned, Tom, doing things for other people that you forget to pay attention to what what you need or what we need. But often leadership is struggling as greatly or even more so than the people that work under them. Because again, we all have families, we all have life challenges, there's, you know, mental health and addiction doesn't discriminate. On top of that, oftentimes as leaders, we are, we're we're very busy. We're trying to keep the boat upright and rowing in, in the direction we want it to go. And that's, that's a lot of extra stress and stuff on our plate. So really part of it is, like you mentioned, just being aware of when it hits you, hey, I might not be, I'm struggling a little bit or things are going as well as I want them to go. 
our three continuum, we do a lot of work in the, we call it executive, executive optimization. And it gets at just this. If, you know, when you're in that capacity, you need to be a high performer, but you need to also, you know, pay attention to your own health because you can't be an effective leader if you're struggling on an individual or personal basis. They go hand in hand. So a lot of the things I'd suggest for leadership, I mean, they're pretty basic things, but they actually do work quite effectively. Find other leaders, managers, check in with each other, either formally or informally. Be there for each other because you guys as leaders will have a shared experience and you can support each other in that. Be mindful that you probably, like all of your employees, you have access to an employee assistance program if your company offers one or or wellness programs that your company might offer or you have private health insurance. Use those things. Oftentimes, they're low to no cost. May as well use them. They're already being paid for. Again, you know, just part of leadership is maintaining your own health. You can't be effective with other folks if, if you're not healthy yourself. And then lastly, I mean, this, this might sound a little, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, basic or, or pop psychology or whatever, but leverage basic things that are helpful for you. If it's taking a walk, if it's doing meaningful activity, if you like doing mechanical stuff, fixing a toilet, working on a car, mowing the yard, our management jobs are, are hard and often complex, but find those things that where you can feel like there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. You have a sense of accomplishment, and, and they just they relax you, whatever those things happen to be. If it's yoga, great. If it's not yoga, that's perfectly fine too. So, and do those, build those things into your day. You know, what are the little things I can do to help me feel and be more healthy? Yeah, that's, I think that's great advice. And yeah, for me, it was, it was a lot of self-care because definitely at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, we were preaching self-care and then you realize like, wait a minute, I'm not taking care of myself. Like I'm suggesting everyone else to be so maybe I should practice my own advice. And, and yes, the, the mindfulness activities and just taking a moment to you know, take five minutes to do some breathing techniques. It's amazing what that does if that's all the time that you have as, as management and, and as employees too. And the other thing that was, was helpful is that my leadership team just challenged me to take PTO once a quarter. It takes, you know, substantial multiple days off and not a, not a holiday weekend, but extra PTO once a quarter so that I had it blocked out. So for me, that was really helpful just to get it on my calendar, just knew that I had a beach vacation to look forward to in, in February. So that, that helped. So, but it's really, you know, practicing, practicing what you preach and you know, sometimes as, as leaders, maybe as employees too, as, as employees suggest things like, wait a minute, you know, let's take our own advice and, and let's actually do some of the things that we are suggesting to everybody around us. No, I, I love the forcing yourself to take PTO. A lot of us have PTO that we lose because we don't use it all because right. in these positions, if I'm not there, the work doesn't get done or I feel like guilty if I take the time. You know, one of the things that's worked for me, and I'm I'm a little bit weird. You know, I like if you asked me to do yoga to relax, I would say that would stress me out because that's right. just not me. But <laughs> I've I've started doing working working on my own car, and it's something that some people would hate, but it's kind of a meditation like activity. But find what works for you. 
It doesn't yeah. need to work for anyone else. It doesn't need to be something that you learned in therapy. It doesn't need to be, you know, anything. Just find what works for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I know we wanted to talk about these successful strategies. And, um, and these are what we can do individually for ourselves and leadership for themselves. From a company perspective, mm-hmm. are there any strategies that you've seen other companies use coming out of the pandemic that help to improve their employees' mental health and work performance? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing, Jen, I've seen is companies are really upping their communication game, for lack of a better term. that And that's the number one thing that you can do as an organization to support your people and to have them feel informed. We have a saying in psychology that fear loves a vacuum. So if you give me mm. no information, my brain is going to automatically fill in the worst case scenario. So if you give me information as you have it, and I feel like I'm informed and we're on the same page, that's really helpful for helping people with their level of stress and anxiety. Okay. Also, things like you know pushing what existing mental resources, uh, mental health resources, may be harder than you have before. If you have an EAP, get it out there. Make sure people know how to access it. We've we've as a company we've started doing you know where we will bring a mental health person and have them available on site. You know, maybe once a week or once every two weeks for folks that just might need to chat, but they have a problem they need to talk through with that support. But it doesn't need to be anything overly complex, but just make sure whatever resources you can provide as an employer, you're providing those things and then letting people know that that they're there. Also, you know, the the other thing that's that's we're seeing a lot of is companies were forced to get flexible around COVID because of work from home. And now we're in a position of, okay, are people coming back? Or are they not coming back? Is it some kind of hybrid? But the companies that have found some level of flexibility that works in terms of helping people maintain work-life balance, I think that's really helpful. Maybe it's, I don't need to go into the office every single day, or I can work from home if I have a kid at home and I have no childcare. Certainly, we can't be flexible on everything. But to the extent that we can, some of those things don't cost us much and aren't too disruptive in the workplace that can make a, a pretty decent difference in an employee's life in terms of their satisfaction with, with work. Yeah. Excellent. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking with, uh, speaking about employee relations, I've read recently that uh, companies are experiencing or are going to experience uh, somewhere on 50% turnover in the year or two ahead. And, and researchers are kind of pointing to, towards the COVID-related issues that could be behind that. But from your perspective, Tyler, do you have any insights into why this may be happening? Yeah, there's a couple things, Tom. One is, I mean, the job market is obviously much stronger than it was. There's a lot more jobs out there now than there would have been a year and a half ago. Sure, so yeah. people are looking to move. They're looking to move now. I mean, that's kind of the the obvious one. But I think one of the bigger ones relates to satisfaction with with work and with the job. And this is where I think a lot of the turnover is driven comes back to these types of questions. How did you handle things during the past year as an employer? Were you supportive of your people? Did you show that you cared about them? Did you try to do things the right way? Even if you didn't succeed, did you try? If you did, that's a good thing. And and people will likely um, stick around and be loyal. But if you didn't, why not look? Look elsewhere. The other piece of that is I think people are just reevaluating 
life in general, <laughs> looking at priorities and maybe the things that prioritized over the past several years that realized aren't that aren't as important. They're not happy, so they're making that change now. But I think from from a company standpoint, looking at how you treat your people and how you support your people is that'd be the thing I'd be most concerned about when it comes to that turnover. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think employee employees are reflecting and they're seeing their friends talk about getting new jobs and they're they're getting called by recruiters. Yep. <laughs> so right. maybe our recruiters or other recruiting firms, you know, every recruiting company is reporting record new positions that they yep. are working on. And that that is a big part of it. But but yeah, part I think part of that equation is the the potential candidate is thinking, how was I treated? How am I being treated? And moving forward, there there just has been a a uh, like a corporate corporate workforce psychological shift lately, where it's it's mm-hmm. more employee centric than ever, and it's it's certainly uh, causing employees to think, you know, I, I have a lot of options, and just because I've been with the company for five years doesn't mean I need to be here for another five years. Like that that idea of how how was I and how am I being treated as an employee, and it's just kind of giving them giving them um, reasons to look around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, but is there one thing that people can do today? They're listening to this podcast and they think, okay, I, I, I want to do something actionable. What would you suggest they do to start to improve their mental health? If that's a goal of theirs. Uh. Good question. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a big there's question. A, there, there's a, a load of things you can do from, from right. you know, we and we've talked about most of them already. Um, the first easiest thing you can do is do those things like Tom mentioned, you know, things that make you feel good, things that give you purpose, things that just are helpful in your everyday, building those small things in. There's a lot of things like apps now that that are you know there's mindfulness apps breathing apps those kind of things use those things they're out there they're free know what resources are available to you in terms of you know if you have an employee assistance program know what your health insurance covers or doesn't cover oftentimes there's a lot of, of treatment available or support available at low to no cost so know what those things are and and take advantage of them when you can Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I always tell people this, but don't be afraid to, to engage in psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is something that we all benefit from at different points in our lives. And especially now that telehealth or virtual appointments have become more the norm, it really is pretty easy. You can you can go to a therapy session without leaving the same chair you sit in uh, to work or your couch. So, you know, those things are available uh, and easier to access than ever before. Take advantage mm-hmm. of those things. Right. And I think it's important for people to understand too with that they don't have to be in crisis in order to reach out to somebody for psychotherapy or the telehealth. They just want to talk through their anxieties about going back to work. They can address it with somebody like that too. Yeah. There, there's a perception that if I need therapy, I have mental health problems or I'm right. sick. And the truth is, I mean, certainly a lot of people are, but there's a lot of people that leverage those things because they're just struggling with trying to figure out a problem or, or right. navigate a situation. So 
don't be afraid to use it. The, the joke is, you know, for all the mental health people out there, everyone has their own therapist. There's a reason for that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. even for those of us that do it, you can access access that because it's helpful for everyone. Excellent. Yes, this has been uh, it's been great great information so far, Tyler. Thanks so much for for sharing your knowledge, and uh, if we're going to um, lighten up the conversation a little bit uh, <laughs> with some lightning round questions. Some, some all right, let's um, do it. Some questions to uh, ask back and forth. But before we get to that, Tyler, um, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find us at www.r3c.com. You can reach me at tyler.arvig at r3c.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Great. Right, Jen, do you want to take it away? Lightning All right. Up. We've got some lightning round questions. All right. This, let's do it. This one might not be a quick answer, but we'll see. What inspires you to pursue your psychology career? Yeah, I don't really have a great answer on this. I wish I had a wonderful, <laughs> compelling story, but I've always just liked trying to figure things out. I think that's why I gravitated towards it. That's it. That's great. That's a good lightning round answer. Uh, what do you do? What do you love to do when you're not working? You mentioned work on your car. What else do you like to do? Yeah, I, I like driving fast cars on racetracks. Um, oh, no I, kidding. I do it all the time if I had more talent and lots more money, but I don't. So, where do you do that? Where do you do it when you can? Brainerd Road America over in Ohio. I I do. I'm the chief driving instructor for our local BMW club, so I do as much um, of it as I can. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't see that coming. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> That's awesome. What books are you currently reading? So the a book I'm currently reading right now is called Through the Lens of Ourselves. It's by a local author. It's about perspectives of adoptees and their families. And some, some of them are international. Some of them are domestic. It's pretty fascinating. My wife is adopted. So I'm, I'm reading through that. And it's pretty cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm, I'm honestly a huge Stephen King fan. the interesting thing about that is his work is really deeply rooted in how trauma affects, you know, who we become as, as adults. So interesting into that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it's scary and it's horror, but it's also um, pretty psychologically based. So. Okay. I have never read a Stephen King book. They're a little bit long. You'd need to, you know, you need to really commit, but yeah. Okay. All right. Last question. What's your ideal vacation? Oh, that's a good one. Probably going from small town to small town in the Alps of Austria or Germany or Switzerland. Oh, that sounds awesome. Different types of beer in every town, and maybe some toasty roads. Not the same time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> in a fast BMW, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's great. Uh, thank you so much for being our first guest. I really appreciate your time and all of your insights. Hopefully, I know I, I wrote down so many things that you've mentioned. And I'm sure our listeners will hopefully be able to take away some things that they can do too to help come out of the last year. And I don't want to say be positive, but find resources for themselves to take care of themselves and their loved ones. Yeah, that's great. And I think, I mean, a lot of people will come out of this much stronger. Uh, Most of Mm -hmm. us will. We've all learned things about ourselves and our lives. And it's an opportunity for us to really, you know, start the next chapter strong. Wow, what a great conversation. Tyler offered so many great tips for how to ask for help and care for ourselves, both employees and leaders, when we are caring for our mental health. 
we discussed how returning to the office for thousands of people can trigger anxiety, and he offered suggestions for this. The first of which is recognizing that anxiety is normal. Tyler also suggested using your company's employee assistance plan resource, wellness plan if they have one, and to use your health insurance as you seek out additional support, such as talk therapy. To help address the anxiety one may feel when returning to work, Tyler also suggested sitting down with your manager to discuss your concerns, to be specific about them, and if possible, to present solutions. Tyler recognized that company leaders are not immune to mental health challenges and encourages them to find other leaders and check in. What is working for them? Lastly, Tyler gave us tips that everyone, employees and companies can practice to help center themselves and relieve anxiety, including doing things that relax you or things that have a beginning, a middle and an end. Companies are upping their communication game by getting employees information as they get it. They're also pushing out their mental health resources and some are bringing a mental health person on site. Finally, companies that can be flexible and allow their employees to work from home if it is not disruptive to the workplace, allow the employee to maintain a work-life balance. For more information about our guest, Tyler Arvig and R3 Continuum, you can go to r3c.com and look for his information in the show notes. 